This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, doing okay. Things are... um. Things are nuts. They're just absolutely nuts. <laughs> we we've been covered up with uh, man mail orders, and it's it's funny because um, I, I get the sense that you know we see this lull of pipe smokers uh, typically in the summertime, but uh, this year it, we've started to come back pretty pretty strong a little earlier than than usual, and so yeah um, yeah kind of fascinating. We're um, you know seeing a lot of pipe smokers that are you know doubling down on it uh, kind of earlier in the year than they normally do. So um, you know it's that makes it exciting. You know we're we're happy to, um, you know, be reconnecting with uh, with our pipe friends throughout the country, and um, yeah, man, slinging it, just sending our uh, sending our tobaccos all over, and uh, it's been fun to, uh, you know, chat with other folks in the community. So um, yeah, it's been pretty good, man. Been pretty good. Man, I'm glad to hear it. That's uh, that's always good. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it yeah yeah I, yeah <laughs> busy busy time of year. So uh, yeah. what's going on with you? Yeah, you know, we're just keeping it together, man. I'm just keeping it together. Yeah, but uh, are you keeping it on the rails? Is that is that about all you can say right now? Just just barely, just barely, <laughs> just doing 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 the thing, trying to trying to keep it all together. But um, yeah, man, we uh, you know, we're right here in the middle of hurricane season here in Houston, and yeah. uh, or I guess really kicking off hurricane season more than anything else. And uh, these last couple of rains have just really shown us that we are not like our house is not prepared <laughs> yeah. for this year, and so we've been. Um, we had a contractor out to take a look at some things and, and just learn some scary stuff that we're going to have to just, just you know, they, those surprise expenses, that, that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> like, like, oh, OK, that's not supposed to look like that. Great. OK, great. great. That's, so, yeah. Part of owning a owning a home, man, especially, you know, in that kind of circumstance, it's, uh you know, pretty nuts that, um yeah, it's just how uh, I, I don't know. That's where, you know. It separates the men from the boys, I guess, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I've got no disrespect for anybody that's written, written from that standpoint, but uh, no, yeah. you're 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 absolutely right. That's uh, home ownership is a what we say we call it an adventure, so that we maintain our sanity. So yeah, yeah it's, no, that's it's, right. It's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, apart from uh, that, I'm doing good, man. We've got a uh, we got a fun episode to jump into. We got some uh, fun things going on. I mean, recently, uh, just this is not really news, but I just wanted to mention it. We um, recently was able to hop on with, um, man, our dear friend and longtime uh, listener and supporter, Portland Paul. Uh, Portland oh, Paul. Oh, man. Hadn't talked to him in forever. Man, he's so great. Of course, he used to be, uh, you know, when we did our live show regularly, he was a, a religious, you know, participant in that. And it yes, was, uh, I mean, Paul's just been with us for a, a very long time. But um, yeah, you know, um, Paul uh, actually has been doing this thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, on Instagram, uh, it's a pipe with Portland Paul, and he does it uh, pretty regularly. He'll pick someone interesting he finds fascinating and uh, just wants to get to know, and um, and, and so he'll he'll do this uh, a pipe with Portland Paul, and it's a live uh, stream thing where folks can kind of tune in and just kind of sit there and for an hour uh, smoke your pipe and and hang out with uh, Paul and whoever he's he's chatting with. And so um, man, I was honored recently. He he asked me to come on with him and uh, share a pipe, and so um, man, he's had just a lot of interesting folks that have uh, passed through, um, you know, folks that uh, you'll recognize and folks that you won't. And, uh, you know, it, he, he got desperate and asked me on, and I was happy to do that. But, um, <laughs> man, if you're on Instagram, check it out. Uh, you know, his, his uh, handle on there is at 
the subcon. That's at T H E S U B C O N. Um, and uh, man, check it out. He's he's just uh, you know Paul's a great guy, but got a lot of interesting content. Always getting into something, and I think you'll be be pleased by what you see. So um, by the way, you know we're we're really the show. I guess isn't really active on Instagram. We don't really have. Um, an Instagram handle, but the shop is very active on Instagram. And so, if you are a uh, if you are a grammar, I know Bill, or I know Bo, you don't really uh, gram that often or, or or much at all. But uh, if you are into Instagram, check us out. We're at underscore the country squire and uh man check us out there we'll um you know got a lot of cool content try to put new information you know about products and stuff up there too so man that's great that's awesome uh i'm glad you got a chance to hang out with portland paul too that's 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 really cool yeah yeah. uh yeah cool dude well man we got a uh we got a great uh episode like i said for uh for this week and of course we've got uh some new club members man who are helping to make the show happen uh, I teased it, tee it up, or did I tease it or did I tee it up? Let's say I teed it up. That's good. I think good. you do For both. The, yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, we got, yeah, but we got some new uh, members we want to give a major shout out to. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Squire level, we got Spencer Boykin. Yeah, Spencer Boykin, man. Thanks so much for hopping on board. Um, man, one of my uh, favorite dog breeds is the Boykin Spaniel, and I wonder if Spencer has one of those. <laughs> man, see, and one of my favorites is the Spencer, so that works out really, really well. <laughs> uh, we also have, joining at the Squire level, Christopher Marshall. Man, that's great. Christopher, thanks for hopping on, dude. Both uh, you and Spencer uh, man, hopping on at the Squire level, jumping right in, and uh, man, helping to make this show possible. So that's so great. We, uh, you know, really appreciate your help, and obviously wouldn't be here without you. We also have a new patron as well who's supporting the show, Thomas Collins. Now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a Tom Collins, that's a drink, right? That's a drink. Yeah, yeah. If I if I remember right, that's a. Uh, well, it is about time the drink started paying for the, for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? No, uh, man, t- uh, Tom Collins. Let's see. I'm, I got to look this up real quick. Hold on. It's a. It's a gin-based drink. I, um, I thought that sounded right because Tom yeah. Collins. That's the kind of like cocktail name that would come from the era where gin was king. Yeah. Okay. No, it is. Uh, it, it is gin, lemon juice, uh, a soda, and uh, a slice of lemon, and that's a Tom Collins. All right, that sounds like the John David special. Just switch out the lemon for the lime, or the lime for the lemon. <laughs> I, I bet our friend Thomas, that is now a patron, he probably hates gin. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that is probably true. Yeah, he probably completely <laughs> hates it. But uh, anyway, Thomas, thank you so much for um, hopping on. We really appreciate you, man. Man, well, this is going to be a good episode. Like I said, I'm excited. We are doing a Hero of the Bowl. We haven't done this in a while, have we? We haven't done a Heroes of the Bowl in a while. We did, you know, I, I still think that we absolutely um, uh, butchered our Moby Dick episode that was going to at one yeah, point. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back and revisit that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, one's, that one's a wash. That one's a wash. That's a low point. I, I consider that, we talked about this off mic, but I consider that the lowest low point in the history of this show, everybody else is pointing to Ewoks. I say that was the lowest point because <laughs> I brought low, it on that Ewok talk. <laughs> some low points, man. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I might I might be a little more gracious to it than us than that. But um, there, there, there might, there, you know, you're probably right. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll revisit that one. No, but this is a true heroes of the bowl that we haven't done in quite some time. Now, you know, I always love to uh, make sure that we preface this because when we first introduced the series way back, several years back. Um, you know, there was a little bit of pushback on that title, Heroes of the Bowl, because a lot of times we end up talking about either fictional characters or just unique people of history who have played a influential role in history uh, that are not like heroes in the 
in the pipe smoking sense, you know. I well, mean, either in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways you could kind of slice what that word means. We're using it more in a broader term. I think is probably the best way to to say that. Um, but yeah, no, of course, uh, a hero of the bowl, uh, man. We're 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 leaving the stratosphere for this one, man. We 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 have decided strat- that we have the stratosphere, the atmosphere. Yes, sir. We have tapped itself. out. <laughs> We've tapped out the entire planet, and today we're going for pipes oh. in space, <laughs> dude. We are talking about pipe smoker and American hero Buzz Aldrin. We are, man. That is exactly right, Buzz Aldrin, dude. It's uh, it's funny. Uh, you know, we've uh, obviously you had kind of alluded to. Um, you know how we define heroes of the bowl. You know we we kind of we again loosely right. We're generally uh, you know folks that are very well known and generally well thought of that happen mm. to be pipe smokers. That's kind of the it's <laughs> kind of the stipulation here. You know uh, you know someone that's a uh, uh, you know a, a famous or uh, you know well known individual who uh, happens to be generally well thought of. Those are are, are heroes of the bowl. Uh, you know we've talked about just a variety of different folks. And so um, from all walks of life, you know, be it military, political, uh, you know, history, uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, famous authors and um, explorers, and and so you know, just uh, kind of across the spectrum, and yeah, today we're we're revisiting the explorer category of this series that we've done, and then also in truly a hero sense. I mean, you know, there's not much more of a brave thing that you can do than put yourself uh, in a pressurized capsule uh, on top of a uh, gigantic. Uh, explosion, <laughs> controlled explosion, and then uh, you know leave the uh, the bounds of Earth and and go to another uh, celestial body, and uh, and and that's what Buzz Aldrin did, man, in in 1969. And so, um, man, talk about Buzz Aldrin today, pipe smoker, man, thought thought that'd be kind of fun, uh, interesting. You know, he's from New Jersey, uh, born in 1930. Uh, Buzz Aldrin is 90 years old, and you know when you think of those guys from that era, um, you know you think of uh, you know, a lot of those old, you know, our grandparents' age, Bo, and that kind of uh, generation. But, you know, but he was actually, uh, Buzz Aldrin was actually a little young to go to World War II. He was a little uh, a little before that time. And so this is more kind of the, the half-generation step between uh, them and the baby boomers, that uh, generation that uh, was more involved in Korea and kind of the early days of Vietnam. And so, um, you know, we're thinking, you know, about about nine years old when World War II broke out. So eventually became an American fighter pilot, um, known today to us as uh, the second man on the moon and uh, many other things. But, um, man, where did the name Buzz come from, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you, you know, you... We, that's we, like a perfect astronaut name, you know what I mean? Well, that's, that's the thing. You would think it'd be something really cool, like space-related or fighter pirate... Pi, pi, uh, pilot related, pirate related, maybe too. You said also? fighter pirate. I was wondering fighter where pirate, you were going with uh, maybe space pirate. That's awesome. Uh, fi- <laughs> space pirate, fighter pirate. Uh, maybe that should be a new episode. But um, yeah, you know, um, Buzz actually uh, had just a very simple Genesis story. Actually, it you know was just very simple when he was a, a little child. Uh, his older sister, who was older, only a year and a half older than him, her name was Faye, and she could not say the word brother. She uh, just with a lisp uh, would would muddle out the word 
buzzer <laughs> instead of brother. Oh, and, uh, yeah. and so it eventually just became shortened to buzz. And that's where, uh, that's where his, his nickname came from. It's kind of funny. You would think that, you know, he would have gotten it through, uh, you know, uh, buzzing, a, a heroically buzzing a, uh, you know, fighter plane or a test pilot, you know, test plane or something like that, uh, in practice. But no, he, uh, he just got it from his older sister. So, okay. Now that's, that's sweet, of course. But I mean, like, as you point out, I mean, like this, this dude was a fighter pilot. He was like a real life space cowboy. And without the name Buzz, people would just be going around calling him like Edwin Eugene, the nerdiest <laughs> name in the history of nerdy names. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, and really, that's not that's not good enough. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's not good enough. It'd be it'd be tough to say that uh, you know Edwin Aldrin was the uh, second person on the moon, but um, Edwin you know, Eugene Aldrin. Edwin you Eugene. Say the whole thing. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, one thing though, you know, and it, we'll get into the Apollo Eleven mission and. Um, you know, all that. But, he, you know, he 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 is a larger than life person. He's one of those people that uh, has, uh, you know, a lot of ego. He's very outspoken and, uh, you know, uh, uh, energetic and uh, someone that commands attention is very comfortable doing that. And so, um, you know, he's got this gregarious, uh, you know, fun, uh, energetic person that likes to be the center of attention and all this. And so, you know, really looking back on it, the, the word buzz, uh, you know, the name buzz kind of makes sense for Aldrin. You know, it's something that, um, I don't know, it, it's like he grew into in his own way. So uh, it's very, very, uh, very fitting nickname over the over the years. Eventually, actually, he changed his official legal name to buzz in the late 1980s, which is kind of funny. It'd be like you got uh, stuck with a nickname that, you know, eventually became so tied to your personality that um that you just changed your name to that legally and that's that's what he did so <laughs> Um, I can relate with that. I mean, you know, yeah. Bo's not my legal name. You know, I think people forget that, Bo. Yeah. yeah. What 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 is your name again, Bo? Uh Edwin Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. What what's your name? Come on. Uh, it's Frank. It's Frank. Okay. Yes. I, I just yeah. wanted you to be the one that says it. I, no, I, it's I, fine. <laughs> it's fine. I appreciate it. Thanks for putting me on the spot. But no, no that's I, the thing. I didn't, I've never I didn't once wanna, considered I didn't like, want to be the tell. legal name. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't yeah, you didn't want to change your legal name to uh to Bo, but you know, how did you get the nickname Bo? I have no earthly idea. Like Bo's been my name pretty much my entire life. I mean, part of that was because I was the fourth Frank in my family. And at the time, at least two of the other ones were still alive. And so it was getting confusing. Uh, and so, yeah, that Bo just became my nickname at a very, very early age. And uh, I was always called Bo. I don't even think I knew my real name was Frank until I was like closer to 10 years old. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. So, but I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I mean, like, look, if you've been to the moon and back, literally, and you are known as Buzz Aldrin. I mean, like, again, and I mean, not to belabor the point, because I, I get it. Edwins <laughs> and Eugenes are like tuning out right now. And I don't I don't mean to do this to you guys. I'm just saying at the end of the day, Edwin wasn't getting the seat at the VIP table. <laughs> Buzz, Buzz Aldrin definitely was. <laughs> but Buzz, Buzz gets to be the chair. Uh, yeah, the, the head, the head chair. Um, exactly. Well, grow, growing up, of course, he was a, a brilliant student, uh, you know, very uh, well supported by, a, um, you know, upper middle class family and um, initially actually had enrolled at the Naval Academy. Um, so, you know, really smart. You have to get a congressional appointment to 
um, you know, to go to these uh, military academy schools. But what's funny is he eventually transferred to the United States uh, Military Academy at West Point, the, you know, at West Point, the Army's uh, academy uh, in New York. And, and what's what's funny about that is the reason he transferred from the Naval Academy to West Point uh, is because he got seasick. Now think think about that. <laughs> think about that. So th- this is a this is a person who wound up being the second individual on the moon, one of the first uh, you know handful of people to go in space. Period. Uh, and and he got seasick and so chose the army over the navy, <laughs> which is really crazy. You know, it's like okay, so so the sea is what's going to get you down, but not not the end of the stratosphere. Like you know. Not zero gravity. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, Buzz Aldrin uh, went to uh, the United States Military Academy at West Point. Um, he wanted to be a fighter pilot. And you've got to remember, this was back, you know, when the Air Force was actually in its infancy. Uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, may not realize the Air Force wasn't always its own branch. It was a, uh, during World War II, was the um, the Army Air United States Army Air Force. It was a part of the of the Army. Eventually, because it you know became such an important component uh, in you know strategical strategical strategery <laughs> in strategy and in warfare. Um, you know, it, it became its own um, its own service and branch of uh, branch of military service, and then eventually got its own uh, you know, military academy as well. Uh, but by this time, they had not developed that military. Academy yet, so um, th- so Aldrin went to uh, West Point, and he wanted to uh, get into um, you know get into uh, you know being a fighter pilot and and that kind of thing. He studied engineering, uh, was a mechanical engineering student, and uh, actually it's kind of interesting. Towards the later part of his uh, West Point uh, student career, actually went to Japan uh, to intern under another famous pipe smoker. Uh, a one Douglas MacArthur. Uh, oh Doug- wow! Yeah. Douglas MacArthur, MacArthur at the time was uh, overseeing the uh, military government of uh, Japan. You know, we had uh, won World War II, the United States, and um, you know we'd kind of you know forced the uh, Japanese um, government to to change, and there was like a you know U.S. led military regime that was kind of heading it up, and and Douglas MacArthur was was running the show over there for a, for a series of years. A lot of people don't realize that. But, um, yeah, I went over there and, and uh, you know, kind of interned under him to learn uh, about that, you know, uh, kind of period of uh, history and how the politics went down and everything. And, and uh, so just, you know, got to got to mentor right there with him. But, yeah, d- eventually did a tour of duty in Korea uh, as a fighter pilot uh, where he, you know, got most of his fighter uh, pilot experience. Um, and then, uh, you know, actually when he got done with that, went to – uh, if he wasn't, you know, stellar enough, he uh, went to uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology uh, and graduated with his doctorate uh, there. And so uh, he was actually, because of that, the first doctorate uh, of any any ast- He was the first astronaut uh, that also held a doctorate, which is uh, pretty impressive. So um, it's kind of kind of neat. He during that time was deliberately, you know, writing his doctoral thesis on. Uh, orbital or orbital rendezvous, uh, you know, two, uh, you know, uh, uh, capsules in space uh, kind of, you know, configuring so that they can uh, rendezvous and, and link up uh, in orbit, uh, you know, just the physics behind that and the, um, you know, all the choreo- 
choreography that it would take to you know accomplish that. He really just did that because he wanted to get ahead as an astronaut candidate. He wanted uh, you know to get noticed as someone that would be right there at the front of the line. Um, you know to to be one of the you know early astronauts for uh, for a, a fledgling NASA. And so uh, it actually worked. They picked him, and uh, he became um, you know one of the astronaut uh, group three picks that that happened back there in the late 1950s and uh, then eventually flew on the Gemini 12 mission. So pretty cool. Uh, you know, just someone, again, a risk taker that, uh, you know, has a ego larger than life and so wanted to be the, uh, you know, center of it all and, um, and, and, and was certainly able to accomplish so much of that because, uh, you know, he was in space and on the news and, um, you know, someone that uh, commanded a lot of uh, curiosity about, you know, from people. So can you imagine going into space and, you know, sitting there, um, you know, thinking, okay, I'm one of the first people to look down uh, on planet Earth and, um, you know, and, and then coming back to tell the world about that. And that's that's the shoes he, he walked in, you know, that's that's where he was. So pretty wild. You know, it's, it is interesting. Uh, another fun fact, uh, Buzz Aldrin, also a uh, Presbyterian, uh, was yeah. reportedly the, the first man to also take communion on the moon. Uh, That's right. To kind of perform a religious uh, ceremony from that standpoint. Um, also, you know, I, I do think about the fact that, you know, that <laughs> you almost want to ask the question, well, you know, you're on the moon. What pipe would you smoke? Now, let's take the science out of it because you'd, you'd explode uh, if, you, <laughs> if, if you lit a pipe in a like a you know zero what what is that zero gravity zero oxygen. I, yeah. I don't know the science, but I know that you light it on fire and it blows up. And, and it's not and a good idea. Yeah, it's you know, not these, a good idea. <laughs> these capsules they go into space in. Uh, you know, obviously they. Uh, it's incredibly dangerous uh, from the standpoint of being flammable. You know, these uh, mm-hmm. capsules are, um, you know, full of, of almost pure oxygen, uh, which, uh, you know, with any kind of spark can cause a, um, you know, just an immediate emergency. And so, yeah, the, you know, we talked about the Gemini 12 mission that he was on and actually did a um, an EVA, an extravehicular um, you know, walk basically. And, um, you know, on this particular mission, he brought his Dr. Graybo pipe. He did. He brought his pipe with him, um, and, and palmed it and put it in his mouth and everything. But of course, uh, you know, to the, uh, you know, to the happy folks there at mission control in Houston, uh, you know, did not, uh, you know, attempt to, uh, to light it up. So (laughs) (laughs) that, uh, that could have been a showstopper in a, in a variety of ways, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Dr. Graybo pipe, the first, as we, as far as we know, unless another astronaut snuck one on the first pipe in space, which is, uh, which is pretty neat. Um, man, how about that? Is that? Where is that pipe? Out of curiosity, that you seems know, like a that seems like question. a national artifact, right? It there. seems like that needs to be in a museum somewhere. Yeah, I know the first, uh, uh, you know, uh, pipe in space, probably the first tobacco product in space, and um, you know, pretty remarkable when you think about, um, you know, it just I mean, the the amount of firsts that you know these guys were doing. I mean, like you said, the uh, first religious, um, you know, uh, act in space was you know when he celebrated communion there on the surface of the moon. You know, pretty wild. You, you 
uh, mentioned that. He uh, he said that it, it is a aside. It, there was actually a lawsuit going on at the time about using uh, you know religious things with the government and public life and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, it, as he was taking communion, all he said in public was, "I'd like." He said, "Quote: I'd like to take this opportunity to ask every person listening in, whoever or wherever they may be, to pause for a moment and contemplate the events of the past few hours and give thanks in his or her own way." And um, and so during this quiet time after he said that he privately took communion he uh, he recited the words of John fifteen five uh, which is quote I am the vine you are the branches uh, whoever remains in me and I in him uh, will bear much fruit for you can do nothing without me um, and then took the Eucharist there so um, he he was later you know. Uh, quoted as saying, just kind of commenting on this experience and how surreal it was. He said, um, quote, it was interesting to think that the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the first food ever eaten on the moon were communion elements, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. So, um, you know, that's 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 remarkable, you know, that he took the uh, ability to do that or, you know, the, the uh, step to do that. Uh, but, you know, we can appreciate in a very um, you know, in a way in which was uh, muted and subdued and behind the scenes, uh, you know, as he was able to just kind of do it privately without, uh, you know, taking too much attention to it. So kind of interesting, you know, it's a, a lot of folks will uh, have different opinions about uh, about that. And but, um, you know, something he did and uh, certainly, um, you know, was a first uh, for mankind. So pretty wild. Yeah. Speaking of which, man, we got to talk about this because, of course, Buzz Aldrin, uh you know, he, he not a fan of conspiracy theorists when it comes to the moon. Uh, I, I don't know if you had this one to talk about, but we got to yeah. talk about this because this was like, what, not even a, it was, it was a year ago, a few years ago. I don't know. Maybe it was it's you know, the last few, couple of months. It felt like a few years. So it, <laughs> it could have very well been last year. It's been a few years ago now. Yeah, it, it's actually almost been about 20 years ago. But he uh, yeah, he got into a little altercation with uh, someone that maybe challenged the the you know reality of his uh moon landing now was it i i feel like okay maybe maybe that's what maybe that's maybe that's when it was but i feel like very recently it went viral like within the last year or so it went viral but maybe i'm just misremembering or maybe it was the video i went back out but he punched a dude in the face he did he hit him in the jaw like right in the <laughs> face and he's like i mean like you know he's no spring chicken i'm mean, don't get me wrong i wouldn't want to be punched in the face by him but i mean like at no, the same right. time like you know no, that's right. And, and uh, it, it is footage uh, that you saw recently, but it's from uh, 2002 where he uh, was kind of accosted outside a hotel uh, and someone was, uh, you know, kind of badgering him about, um, you know, hey, you didn't really do this and, uh, you know, tell the truth. You're a coward because you haven't uh, told man, the truth. Man, you don't call Buzz Aldrin a coward, man. You don't call man. Buzz Aldrin a coward, Come you know, on. and so he smacked the guy in the jaw. And, you know, it's, that, is, at, that is tugging on Superman's cape right dude, there. It's, <laughs> seriously, I mean, you know, at the time you're talking almost a 75 year old man it's just like you know he's he's been in space he's, he's been to space you know he's he's second man on the moon his name's freaking he brought his graybo man you know, he was, he's he not gonna take this the test pilot school and you come know, on his, his name's buzz he's got a doctorate like he just he, he punched him in the jaw <laughs> he went to high they called him eugene in high school they made he made them call him buzz. <laughs> <laughs> no man, man i just pretty, i, I got you gotta call that out because it was i remember you're right the video went viral uh that's uh, right relatively recently i, I want to even say like last year is when the video resurfaced but uh, but yeah, I'm look I'm looking at it here, and you're you're exactly right. The uh, 
pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's one of those things where he was just, uh, you know, he he's um, uh, has always kind of been known as someone that had a hair trigger. You know, he just uh, had that kind of, um, you know, he's got a temper. Got a temper. Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, you think about people have accused me of this before too. Kind of the point, shoot, and then aim mentality. You know, <laughs> you have certainly accused me of that before, and yeah, I, I I'm like, point. yeah, that's 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 fair. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he had that. I, I think there there was even a sense in which. Uh, you know, when uh, the, uh, you know, missions were being kind of doled out and who was going to take what role in the space, uh, you know, the Apollo program and all that, they were, they were clear that Buzz uh, Aldrin was, you know, uh, worthy of going and, and, um, you know, was one of the smartest people involved and obviously should have gone because of his expertise in certain areas, you know, particularly that orbital rendezvous and all that kind of stuff that was so incredibly important to, to getting someone on the surface of the moon. But, but they also realized that he was kind of a, um, you know, he kind of had a hair trigger. He had that, uh, that edge that was, uh, you know, kind of pushed the limits a little bit and, and could be, um, you know, kind of almost like poking a hornet's nest, you know, just a little too, uh, too, um, you know, too, too volatile. And so, uh, it was determined that Mr. Steady himself, uh, Neil Armstrong would be, uh, you know, kind of the commander of that particular mission. And then, uh, you know, Buzz would, would be his second there. And so, um, you know, and, and it was interesting because Armstrong was just famously, subdued and um, very temperate, very uh, even keel, you know, and was someone that, uh, you know, it, I would say he prided himself in that, but he was not a prideful person at all. He was a very, uh, just a very uh, kind of uh, gentle uh, leader type person. And so it was interesting to have this dynamic there, uh, you know, in the lunar module as you've got this kind of, um, you know, uh, quiet, uh, strong leader, and then this firecracker, right? <laughs> and uh, what what's cool about this, Bo, and uh, something that we'll have to revisit at another day, is, uh, you know, Apollo 11, not only the first, uh, you know, uh, capsule on the moon, but it was also the first, uh, you know, spacecraft uh, where the crew was 100% made of pipe smokers. <laughs> hey, <there laughs> because Neil Armstrong was also a pipe smoker. Kind of interesting. Oh, man. There's, um, there's going to be a whole Pipes in Space series, isn't there? I know, there? right? <laughs> <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, man. No, that's it. But, you know, it, it really, really neat. Uh, you know, and, and, and Aldrin actually quit smoking his pipe, allegedly, uh, around the time uh, that he... Uh, that he embarked on the Apollo mission. And so, uh, you know, something that later in life he, uh, you know, didn't, um, you know, didn't kind of follow up with. But but there in the early days, you know, was a, a reportedly a smoker of three nuns, uh, you know, liked those uh, kind of old-fashioned uh, Virginia tobaccos and, and something with a little strength to them, uh, and smoked to every man's pipe, smoked uh, smoked drugstore pipes. You know, we saw the, uh, the famous picture of him in the Gemini capsule there in the, um, you know, late 1960s, uh, you know, with his, uh, you know, palming his uh, Dr. Grabo there while he's in orbit, uh, you know, giving the folks at NASA in Houston all kinds of fits, you know, like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, and it, it's interesting. If you're going to smuggle one thing in space, you know, what would it be? What, what would it be? You know, you're going to space. If you and I got to go to space, Bo, it would be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. We'd never get to do that again. And and so it's like if you're going to take one thing, what would it be? And um, I'm sure he got to take a few things, but one of the things he chose was was his pipe. And, and I, I just think that's very telling about the man and, and the importance of that to himself. By the way, do you have any idea what you would take if you if you went to space? Yeah, that's such, I mean, I've never, I never thought about that question until you just said it, and I just, like, piqued my imagination. I mean, the first thing that I think of— is probably 
Um, I gave my daughter, my oldest daughter, a bear. Um, and she like till still to this day loves that bear. I would probably bring that bear to space. Uh, I think that, I think that's, that's something like, I was just thinking like, what would I bring for my kids? And of hers, that's, that's what I bring. I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it for, for everybody else. For me though, I mean, it is difficult, right? Like on the one hand, obviously I want to say, well, of course I'll bring one of my pipes, but the reality is I'd probably bring one of my microphones. I might even bring my, <laughs> like Veronica. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Veronica's oh, a microphone. I about Veronica, yeah. You better not have. You you still got Betty. You better not I've have forgotten got about Betty. Betty. Yeah, okay. I, I, I take good care of Betty. Don't worry <laughs> <Okay>. about Betty. <laughs> Betty and Veronica are the microphones that we used when we did the show, uh, you know, live from the shop. And they've got they're these beautiful, gorgeous uh, Sure mics with the metal kit containers, everything. Our uh, our pipe mic photo is uh, was our pipe mic logo is inspiration for even getting these mics to just kind of lean into that old old timey yeah. radio style. So I'd probably bring Veronica, man. If I'm being totally honest, I think that's it. <laughs> you know what I think I would bring, Bo? I, I was I was thinking about this. I'd, Bing's I'd favorite. Prob- I'd probably well, I mean, if if I was going to take a pipe, yeah, but you know, and it, it'd be you know they're not going to let you smoke a pipe in space. That's fair. We don't want to explode. Um, and so, but you know, I, I would probably. Uh, take one of the house lighters here at the Country Squire, mm. Emp- empty of fluid. I was about to say, course. that sounds em- terrifying. Em- but empty of fluid, right? That's even worse than bringing the <laughs> right. pipe, right? But empty of fluid. But I, I would bring one of the house lighters that we have here at the Squire that we have these very conspicuous tags that are tied to them. It says, uh, stolen from the Country Squire on on one side of the tag. <laughs> and then on the, other sa- on, the, on the other side of the tag, it says, quote, Theft grieves the heart of the Lord. <laughs> oh, just the guilt factor up, it's, up to no, that, and and so far shame has been a very adequate way of keeping these lighters in our shop. They've it's worked really great. But but what happens occasionally is these lighters take little field trips, and I'll get uh, a photo of the lighter that has this tag on it uh, from somewhere interesting, like you know Nashville or. Um, you know, Atlanta or something like that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, someone will actually steal the lighter temporarily uh, just to let me know they, they, they own me and then, uh, you know, take a nice photo, send it back in. And, and so, you know, to be able to do that in space might be uh, might be kind of nice. I don't know. Be quite the flex. <laughs> I like it, man. That's great. All right. So you said that he, was, he, he smoked three nuns was kind of his go-to? Well, it was, a, um, you know, one of those tobaccos that was in his rotation, we know, but we don't know a lot else about what uh, Buzz Aldrin smoked. He, we, we know he was, uh, you know, an everyman pipe smoker, and so probably a lot of uh, drugstore tobacco. Uh, during that period, obviously, um, you know, uh, the tobacco that was king, uh, things like uh, Prince Albert, you know, Flying Dutchman, and uh, Sir Walter Raleigh, uh, tobaccos that were Virginia and Burley-based, and, um, you know, certainly they were readily available and, and easy to get your hands on, and so uh, it's likely that that was kind of his uh, his go-to tobaccos, but um, yeah, so not, not a lot of information there. He did quit uh, there around the time that, uh, you know, he wound up going uh, to the moon. But um, but yeah, man, was uh, up until that point a proud pipe smoker and, um, you know, someone that, uh, you know, obviously found it important enough to feature when he was uh, when he was in space. And that's uh, that's pretty special. Man, it's awesome, man. Yeah, Buzz Aldrin, pipes in space. Look, I got to also make mention of this. Uh, Buzz Aldrin was not a uh, or, or is not not one to turn down the opportunity to get in front of a camera. Uh, as well as he has appeared on several television shows and movies as, yep. as him generally as himself, uh, you know, as, as a living legend. And, uh, you know, I, I've just recently, um, gosh, even, I think it was this past week, man, I, or maybe in the past two weeks when this podcast goes live, but, 
Uh, you know, the Umbrella Academy just came out on Netflix. What's Did you, that? I have no idea what that is. You know, it's like Watchmen meets the X-Men. Basically, I'm speaking gibberish to you. Yeah, uh, you but, are. <laughs> but but uh, it's a, it's a it's a it's an interesting kind of show that like like takes a deep look into the ways in which childhood trauma uh, like carry on uh, through your adulthood and the way that it impacts especially siblings as you kind of go grow apart but share this kind of source trauma uh, in 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 the form of a, su- a superhero show on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it is a great, great show. I, I enjoy it a lot. It has a lot of time travel, which, which, uh, is, is also a plus. But anyway, I just say that to say this after it was done, they, you know, Netflix will kind of push a recommendation to you. And so I saw that they've got this new Transformers series and I'm like, oh man, I used to love the Transformers, but you know, those Michael Bay movies like really kind of took me out of it. But then as we're talking about Buzz Aldrin, I'm like, wait a minute, didn't he pop up in a Transformers film? <laughs> and sure enough, like, yeah, uh-huh. in Transformers Dark of the Moon, Optimus Prime is like tipping his hat to Buzz Aldrin, <laughs> like, you know, towering over him. As he like, should. Yeah. As I he mean, should. That, oh, absolutely. That... <laughs> it's it just great. You know, in his later life, he's had a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, um, you know, ties. He's been, uh, you know, politically active in a variety of ways. But we, we remember him mostly from things like Dancing with the Stars, you know, he was My on gosh. that. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's uh, was is very um, uh, vocal about his, uh, you know, getting humans to Mars kind of thing, uh, has been uh, on several forums and collaborated with several different foundations whose purpose is to try to promote that and just very much trying to get people to Mars. Uh, he was actually early adopter of the philosophy of uh, one way to Mars. You know, it's the um, the idea, you know, uh, one of the reasons, Bo, that humans haven't been to Mars yet. Um, is because it's so it, to to get us there is is going to be difficult enough, but it's going to be very difficult to get humans back home, and so it, that's a really hard part. Once you land on Mars, it's much much harder to get off the surface there to get out of that gravity well to come back uh, than it is say on the moon, which is a much smaller object and doesn't have as much gravity and all that. So um, you know, so there's this whole philosophy uh, that's actually hey, you know, let's if if that's the hurdle we have to overcome. Let's just take that out. Let's let's go one way to Mars. Let's just say, you know what? Forget Son it. We're not com- colony. We're not yeah. coming home. Yeah, we're not coming home. And so uh, the whole point is to get us there and to stay, which is kind of kind of terrifying, you know, when you think about that. But um, but Aldrin, from you know one of the earlier days, was uh, you know a proponent of that and and someone that. Um, you know, believed in that concept. So pretty, pretty interesting. I, I, you know, I would be terrified. I don't think I uh, would have the, have the guts, but <laughs> I certainly think someone should. So that's an exciting premise. Yeah. My, yeah, that's, uh, it, it is, it's very cool. Have you, have you been watching it all? Um, I mean, this is another, I mean, you know, that's the thing, like right now there's so much bingeable content <laughs> with like watching things. There, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Steve Carell show right now. I think, I think it's called space force or something like that. And um, it's, 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 it's it's not as funny as it seems it would be and not as good as it's trying to be but it's very bingeable <laughs> you know what i mean like uh and a large part of it is like like developing this moon colony uh and and from kind of a, a political standpoint and and trying to beat uh i can't remember if they're trying to beat the russia russians or are they trying to beat china I, I can't remember exactly what the uh machinations is but they the season ends with like two colonies on the on the moon one american and one uh, from from the uh, competing nation, and there's like this war that's about to brew. Like it doesn't make any sense for like being this weird pseudo comedy drama thing. Uh, but like I said, it's very 
yeah, watch it. it. It's kind of interesting. The whole the whole <laughs> concept of like going up there and you know set up camp and and have some fun in space and maybe you don't come back. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It's very bingeable. Yeah, very, very bingeable. Uh, man, Buzz Aldrin, uh, great great selection. And I had no idea it was a pipe smoker, man. What a what a great uh, great find there. I know, um, man. Well, and you know, there's something that we can, I think, all take away from this, and especially just in terms of his preferences, both for his pipes and for the various pipe tobaccos that he enjoys. And that's that, like, you know, here here he is, this, uh, you know, living legend uh, who could have access to to the finest carved pipes in all the land, who could have access to the finest pipe tobaccos that are uh, upwards of $5 million per uh, for, per brick of tobacco. <laughs> And uh, no, man, he 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 went for uh, for for the everyman uh, everyman pipe and everyman pipe tobacco, and you know I think that that speaks to the amazing quality that's out there in the in that price point, especially when we're talking about the pipes from our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. No, that is right, man. Missouri Meerschaum, of course, fine maker of uh, affordable pipes right here in America for the past hundred and fifty years. And um, man, Buzz Aldrin was an independent spirit. We all know that and uh, can attest to that. And uh, in that in that sense, we have a, a great pipe to feature today. It's actually a set. It's the Independence Day gift set 2020 uh, that came out earlier this year in honor of America's Independence Day. And a uh, beautiful pipe gift set. It's a uh, cherry-stained, uh, natural uh, Great Dane spindle corncob pipe uh, that has just a really interesting, unique finish on it. And it's actually paired with a leather pipe stand loop, uh, which is really beautiful. It comes in brown or tan. And uh, just a handsome set of these pipe stand loops, if you don't have one, uh, are really handy. You know, it's like a a traveling kind of key fob type thing that you can tote with you uh, that makes putting, uh, you know, your pipe up in a pinch very, uh, just very handy. And so, um, you know, if your pipe is not a sitter and you would like to uh, have that with you, it unfolds easily for uh, transportation and then you pop it together and you've got yourself a, a beautiful portable pipe stand along with a beautiful Missouri Meerschaum pipe. So uh, check it out. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, it goes for only $21.99. It comes in a couple it comes in a couple of different options and uh, man check it out we'd love to see uh, what you think about it be sure to check it out and uh, hey if you've got one uh, be sure to smoke it this week it's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mission know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week coming in from JP. Uh, This is what JP has to say. Gentlemen, love your show. It's a comfort to me these days to be sure. Uh, Here's the background. With all the uncertainty in the normal job market, my wife and I are seriously considering going out of the rat race and buying a small general store and motel in a mountain town near where we live. It actually seems... 
Yeah. It actually seems as though we are being led in this direction, and we are doing our best to follow him. The store services a small town of about 500 people with groceries and already sells beer, liquor, tobacco products, mostly cigarettes, obviously, with the ubiquitous Swisher Sweets on display as well. Uh, The next closest store is 30 minutes away in one direction and about an hour in the other. I've spent countless weeks in this town and the surrounding areas, and none of the smoke shops carry real, you know what I mean, pipe tobacco, with only one carrying cigars, which is just a box of Monte Cristo Peruvians. And good luck trying to find a pipe. If my wife and I buy this small store, which is in the middle of the best hunting and fishing in the state, I would like to offer a small smattering of choices to my patrons. I figured that if a store already has its license to sell cigarettes, it should be good. In the small town, I thought I would offer two models of Missouri Meerschaum, bent and straight, or large and small, two pipe tobaccos, and a nicer kind of cigar. Uh, Here are the questions. All right, here, here we go. Okay. If you could offer just two pipe tobaccos, one or two cigars to the general non-aficionado public uh, as they head out on Trout Stream, what would you offer? And what would I... I tell you what, why don't we why don't we take each one of these at a time? You want to do that? Yeah, that's fine. All right, so he's got a couple of different questions here. Let's, let's go with the first one first. Uh, if you could offer just two pipe tobaccos and one or two cigars to the general non-aficionado public as they're heading out to the Trout Stream, what would you offer them? Uh, Man, yeah. Hmm, go for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, great, great question. And, you know, I want to preface my answer to this by just saying, you know, we have a lot of uh, folks that over the years as, as we've done Country Squire Radio, I've, I've fielded a lot of phone calls uh, from listeners that are like, hey, you know, you have an interesting job. Like, I want to do that. <laughs> right. and, and, and a lot of folks have, uh, you know, come to me over the years and asked like, hey, you know, if we open a store and we want to feature, you know, maybe it's not necessarily a pipe shop, but uh, we want to feature that as a part of our product mix and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, you know, how would you do that? What do you what would you think about that? And uh, so, you know, this kind of goes goes to that, JP. Uh, you know, we're honored, obviously, that you reached out to us. And, um, yeah, I think your question will talk to a lot of folks that, you uh, Maybe they already have a small retail business or thinking about opening something. But, uh, you know, we have folks that are like, man, we, you know, how do you, um, you know, kind of include your pipe hobby into into your business if if it's not the center of it entirely? And so, um, you know, I, and I don't think you mentioned in your question, in your you know background, what state uh, that you live in. Um, but depending on the state, uh, most states are going to treat uh, your tobacco license of uh, things like cigarettes, identical with things like, um, you know, pipe tobacco, chewing tobacco, uh, premium cigars, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I know certainly in our state and in most states that we've, um, you know, dealt with in the past, uh, it's just one license in order to carry all those things. So, uh, you know, if this store and, and um, you know, it sounds like there's a motel tied to it also, which is kind of interesting that kind of uh, it sounds like a cool uh, setup that you've got there. But if the store is already carrying those types of products, uh, I don't think that would be an issue at all. And and most of the vendors, too, um, you know, certainly are going to be able to connect you, uh, you know, your wholesalers that probably sell you things like groceries and, uh, you know, any kind of canned good items or, uh, you know, uh, any kind of uh, even store uh, related, uh, you know, cleaning products and stuff like that. A lot of these wholesalers will carry all these kind of things at the same time. And one of the things you often see in their catalogs is, uh, you know, more inexpensive pipe tobacco and 
um, and some pipes. And occasionally Missouri Meershams, which would be an excellent fit, uh, Dr. Grabo uh, pipes and things of that nature. But, um, you know, so I think, um, you know, I think those would be, you know, really good uh, options for you. You mentioned carrying Missouri Meersham pipes. And, uh, you know, if you're going out, you know, trout fishing or something like that, dude, what what better pipe to carry you with you, obviously, than the Missouri Meersham. But, yeah. um, you know, the, your everyman pipe smoker, particularly if it's a tourist and someone that's going to uh, smoke a pipe, um, you know, that's not, uh, you know, particularly... Um, I, I don't know, um, you know, some, someone that's not particularly, uh, you know, familiar with the pipe, but they're going on this vacation, they're doing this, uh, you know, and they're like, oh man, this is awesome. We're out in the middle of nowhere and you know what? Yeah, we're having fun. I'm going to smoke a pipe, you know? And so they go by your general store and, and pick up a pipe. Uh, a couple of tobaccos that I would recommend that would be easy to get. Obviously one is Lane One Q. We have to, we have to tip our hat to, uh, to the folks at Lane. Uh, you could imagine that that would be, uh, kind of at the top of the list if you're a pipe smoker, something that just appeals to, um, you know, a lot of different palettes, a lot of different, uh, you know, folks out there that would want uh, something flavorful, but not uh, not harsh, you know, mellow, uh, has a nice room note to it, uh, semi-sweet and and all that kind of stuff. So uh, so I think that would be a good a good one to go with. And you could sell that by weight, uh, depending on what state you live in. Another tobacco to carry if you're going to uh, carry more than one would be Peter Stokeby uh, Nougat. Uh, Peter Stokeby Nougat is a great uh, kind of Virginia, burly, uh, sweetened uh, Cavendish mixture. It's got just kind of this interesting, uh, you know, natural flavor to it, but it's it's sweetened, and so it keeps it interesting and kind of, um, you know, it, it's, a good, it's a good tobacco for folks that like the taste of tobacco but also want something sweet. And so, um, you know, I think either one of those would be good. As far as cigars go, uh, if you're going to carry cigars uh, but on, only have a few, uh, it's a good idea to not carry super boutique stuff but uh, cigars that are going to have immediate name recognition. So think, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet or uh, Cohiba, Macanudo, uh, CAO, Partagas, uh, some of those historic uh, brands, uh, maybe Punch, La Roma de Cuba, you know, some of those brands that uh, just a lot of folks know uh, and have seen around. And so, um, yeah, I'd probably go with something like that. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, in terms of the Missouri Meerschaum, I got I got to give my tip of my hat to, of course, the Country Gentleman, which is my go-to whenever I go uh, fishing. Like, to me, yeah. that's the pipe that's synonymous with fly fishing. So I would I would strongly encourage that one in, uh, in particular. All right. So next question, he said, what uh, would it be one aromatic and one English or two aromatics? Talking about the, uh, the pipe tobaccos. Yeah. You know, kind of like I mentioned before, I'd probably double down on the aromatics. Yeah. Now, if you did wind up developing more of a pipe smoking clientele and repeat customers and all, and all that kind of stuff, you're probably going to get uh, over time folks that want uh, you know, blends that have different nuances and, uh, you know, levels of sophistication and all this other stuff. And so that might be when you would start introducing your uh, English blends or Virginia Periques uh, at that point. But, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably start with the aromatics. Yeah, best of luck to you. I mean, it, it's an interesting, um, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, my wife and I we kind of have a dream of, well, you know, when we retire and getting kind of a bed and breakfast and, and running and managing that. And I mean, like, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, the, the travel industry in particular right now is, is pretty low. I mean, a lot of industries right now, it's, it's uh, not exactly the most ideal time. However, I mean, if you are looking to, you know, purchase a business, I think there's going to be kind of this, this window, uh, if you can time it right, in terms of where to, to invest. And so uh, just best, best luck to you. And, uh, you know, hope you have 
surround yourself with, with wise counsel when it comes to uh, your money moves. And uh, yeah, if, if y'all move forward, I hope it's a grand success. Yeah, it sounds like a, you know, a cool concept. I mean, you're in a, you know, a small area that has, you know, probably folks coming in from other parts of the country who are enjoying the, uh, you know, landscape and scenery. And so, you know, you have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of potential to make some, um, some real interesting connections and, and develop some cool friends and probably tell a lot of interesting stories over the years. So, um, yeah, if you wind up, you know, jumping down the rabbit hole, you know, let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, way great pipe questions uh, on this one uh, from JP. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, uh, be sure to send that to us. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick fire question. All right, man. Quick fire questions. I got us a space edition uh, for this Ooh, one. All things considered, that's yes. kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, first one. Would you rather live on Mars or would you rather live on the moon? Uh, I, I'm going to say the moon because at least you get to see home. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can you, always you look kinda, back. Yeah, you kind of see home. If, if something goes wrong, get back here maybe a little easier. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, Aldrin, one thing we failed to mention, he, um, you know, he referred to the moon as magnificent desolation. And, uh, and I love that quote, you know, it's finding, uh, just exquisite beauty in, in something that is completely barren. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, I think, I'd, I think I'd like to see it. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with the moon. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Most definitely. I, I, you know what, I was going to say Mars, but the, the close to home thing and being able to kind of look up and, and, uh, you know, know that your friends and family are, are right up there. There, there's something to that. So I think you've, you've convinced me to go to the moon. <laughs> All right. Uh, looking at kind of retro sci-fi, uh, do you prefer the look of the retro rocket ship or the retro UFO? Uh, probably the rocket ship. I, you know, I'm kind of a just a space nerd, you know, as it were. I've never been a, you know, science educated or any of that kind of stuff. But I've just always liked science fiction. So, um, yeah, I'll go with the rocket ship. See, I like that classic UFO kind of the dish with like the, you know, the glass bowl on top of it and the, yep. you know, the, the beam coming down to, you know, <laughs> kidnap the cows or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. So I'll go with retro UFO. I think that was an episode of South Park, actually. That, that sounds like uh, <laughs> Comet or Asteroid. Uh, I'll go with Comet. Comets uh, are primarily made of ice and uh, are orbit, uh, orbit the sun. And uh, and we get to see them multiple times because they come back and visit us uh, over and over. So I will um, and and the and the ice melting off the comet is where the comet gets its tail. So yeah, I would. I, I like that. I think comets are pretty. So I'll go with I'll go with a comet. I was gonna make a pun and say I'm going with comets because they're cooler. Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then finally, in terms of planetary uh, bling, do you prefer rings or a spot? You know, interesting, Jupiter has the big spot, right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, but, you know, when you think of the most beautiful planet in the solar system, other than Earth, I, th I think you, I think most people would lean towards Saturn. And it's probably because of those, uh, uh, those striking rings. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with the rings. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm, like, sketching out, you always, you always got to throw some rings on some kind of, you know, circle that you're drawing, <laughs> so uh, I'll go with rings as well. That's that's a good one. Uh, man, all right, so there you go, quick fire questions. Hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, send those into the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Man, we're, we're running a little bit later, I think, than we uh, intended this uh, this week, which is perfectly fine, which means we got some great listener feedback for next week uh, that will uh, kind of uh, punt that, tee it up, tease it up, tee it up, if you will. 
<laughs> yes, both. <laughs> but man, uh, this is this has been a, a really fun one, kind of diving into uh, to Buzz Aldrin, geeking out on some space stuff, talking about just a very interesting living legend, uh, and and quite the personality worth diving into, and a pipe smoker to boot. So that's. Uh, a, Great, uh, great topic this week. Hey, if you want to keep up with us throughout the week and send your thoughts to us about uh, the show or just different ideas or topics that you'd like to see us cover, you can always contact us. You can uh, uh, hit us up on the Twitter. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, pipes in space, a brand new <laughs> series. I love it. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's uh, not, not probably not a whole lot of content there, but, uh, but man, certainly, certainly plenty of it uh, in the form of Buzz Aldrin. So good to talk about him today, man. He's certainly a, a fascinating figure, an American hero, and someone uh, who accomplished, uh, you know, something at a very uh, you know, early stage where uh, that most of us will, will never get to experience. Uh, you know, I, I hope uh, the recordings of Country Squire Radio uh, stay around long enough uh, into the future where uh, people will listen to this episode and be like, wow, they, they couldn't go back to space back then. And, uh, you know, or, or, or it wasn't wow, common for thought. people to go yeah. to space. And uh, I don't know, maybe our um, terrible uh, voices and, and corny jokes will be lingering in the interwebs uh, for another hundred years. And um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, you, you'll just uh, we'll have to find out. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Let's let's do something right here and now because I don't think that's the case. Uh, because you know I think that uh, I don't know if the longevity of the show is going to be out there or, or what's going to end up happening. But let, let's just try this. Let's try this right now. If you are, if you currently are listening to this podcast in space, I don't care what year it is. If it's the year three thousand mm. or whatever it is. Uh, look for our descendants. Look for look for the Coles and the Yorks, and let them know that you you were listening to us in space. <laughs> I would after, love that, man. And 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 after the Yorks uh, started World War Three, <laughs> uh, you know, can, can you just uh, I, I don't know, get something out of them? You know, they owe it. They owe it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. We didn't start World War Three. We finished it. We ended it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. This is a great one. Hey, let's go have a deck. See you, brother. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.